I need it when I'm older mm. This mountain I must climb Feels like the world's upon my shoulders Through the clouds I see love shine It keeps me warm as life grows colder in my life there's been a heartache and pain I don't know if I can take it again I can't stop now I've traveled so far to change this love
Yes, I know. Yes, I know. listen to that song, I can't help but resonate with the broken-hearted individual who is uh, crying out for help, crying out for community, uh, crying out for love, uh, trying to figure out this whole world thing in the midst of um, all of its brokenness. Uh, it's a song that's being sung by a very broken individual. In the song, if you listen carefully to the lyrics, uh, this individual is filling their void and their need for love and for community with temporary things of this world. Things that are everything but the Lord. They're filling their void with everything but the Lord. And it also makes me think to uh, some of David's psalms where he's crying out for the Lord as well. Very, very similar very emotional, and very uh, cut to the heart. This morning I want to talk to you about something that is exact opposite of what all of us have been uh, told in our world. Uh, it's the exact opposite of what the world preaches. And God promises that if we do it His way, that it will be satisfying. That... Um, You'll never again struggle with loneliness. But in fact, if you do it his way, you'll be able to overcome fatigue, fear, frustration, and failure. And that if you'll do what he talks about, you'll be able to handle things like depression and despair and replace that with hope. And it's this concept of community. But in the the world that we all live in and in our culture in America, we value highly independence. And that if you are financially independent, relationally independent, independent in all areas of your life to where you don't let people get too close to you, but that you, are, you believe that you are self-sufficient, that that will bring happiness. But God's word actually says the total opposite. God's word says that true happiness comes from interdependence. And it's interdependence in a, in a community of believers. The Bible says in Romans chapter 12 that since we are all one body in Christ, we belong to each other and each of us needs all the others. So simply put, we need each other. We need community. But the truth is, 
many times we don't want community because it requires us to be vulnerable. It requires us to let people get close to us. But there's great blessing that comes from community, and that's what we'll dive into this morning here. And the first point that I want to make is we need others to walk with us. Now, what does this mean? Well, this means that I need you to help me grow spiritually. You need me, and we all need each other. Uh, Colossians chapter 2, verses 6 through 7 says, Just as you received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. The Bible likes to compare life to a walk. And it makes sense because... Where you're at in life right now is not where you're going to be. It's also not where you were back then, whenever back then is. But that life is, there's continuity with life. It's a walk. And God's, uh, God's word says that the spiritual life, the Christian life, it's like a walk. And that you are to walk in, in wisdom, you're to walk in love, uh, to walk in light. Uh, we're told to walk in obedience uh, to, the, to the Spirit, to walk as Jesus walked. Bible also says in Genesis chapter 2, verse 18, it's not good for man to be alone. And that's the first thing God said after he created Adam. And what blow, this, this blows my mind that God created, there was creation, okay? And God still said, it's incomplete. It's not the way I envision it. And he made Adam, and he made Eve. You look down at a perfect environment, and he said, it's still not good. So, we know from Scripture that God hates loneliness, so what did God do about this? Well, God created two groups. He created your physical family, and he created your spiritual family. And your physical family, that's the family that you grow up, grow up in. That's the family that your last name may mirror. Uh, that's the family that you get together for Christmas and the family reunions and eat food that maybe you don't really like, but, you know, to be polite, you eat it. Um, that's your physical family. Your spiritual family, that's the church. That's God's people. That's your brothers and sisters in Christ. Your, your spiritual family is the one that goes into eternity. Your physical family, that's the one that dies off. That's the one that doesn't last. That is uh, rooted in brokenness. Your spiritual family goes into eternity. Hebrews chapter 10 says, Let us not give up the habit of meeting together. Instead, let us encourage one another. Two things there that I noticed. Number one, it, it says it's a habit. So to gather together with other believers should be a part of your, your weekly routine. It should be part of your life. Just gathering together with other believers and encouraging one another. Now, what this is not talking about is this right here. You and me in a sanctuary, this is not community. 
This is a crowd. And in crowds, you can still be lonely. And I think back to when I was living up north in the suburbs. And I, I thought the suburbs, suburbs were going to be for me. And I, I get up there and I was miserable. And it wasn't that I, I wasn't around people. I was around people. I was around uh, people who cared for me and, and um, listened to me, talked to me. We did things, but I was still lonely. So a crowd does not mean community. In fact, Jesus, you know, he went to the temple courts and hung with people there, but he also went house to house. So you have to have large worship and you have to have small worship too. You have to have both. But community is not about size. It's all about meeting together with people who, who will encourage you. And that's something that's hard to do in this kind of setting. You know, every, you plan on waking up at a certain time on, a, on Sunday morning, which means you get to church, you know, in the same 10 minutes, give or take, usually, which everyone else has a routine. So you run into the same people. You say hello to about the same people. It's hard to have real conversations about someone's week and large group worship. The Bible gets very specific on this, and this is in 1 Corinthians chapter 14. And this is from the message paraphrase, uh, just because I, I think it uh, brings some more clarity on what community looks like. When you gather, each one of you be prepared with something useful for all. Sing a hymn, teach a lesson, tell a story, lead a prayer, Provide an insight. Take your turn with no one person taking over. That way you all learn from each other. Last time I knew, it wasn't just an open forum and, hey, who's got a poem? Hey, anybody want to lead a prayer? Hey, how's your week going? Uh, how's the family? You know, that's, that's hard to do in this setting. But that's what takes place in true community. So community is God's answer to loneliness. And, you know, after looking at uh, 1 Corinthians 14, it makes me think of a Sunday school class or a community group. That's where you get kneecap to kneecap with people and you ask each other how their life is going. You encourage one another. Uh, you know, maybe it's actually not so much encouraging as much as it is calling out some sin in someone's life uh, through gentleness, humility, and love. But those things take place in Sunday school classes and community groups. And that's why they're so important. All right, number two, we also need others to work with us. Uh, the Bible says that God put you on earth to do a certain work that only you can do. Ephesians cha chapter 2 verse 10 says, God made us to do good works which he planned in advance for us to live our lives doing. Crazy thought. Before you were even thought of, God knew the talents you were going to have, the gifts, the abilities, where you were going to live, who your family was going to be, what your friends would be. God knew all of those things. And when you use those gifts and talents, 
to bring God glory, to, to be the church, that's called ministry. And so, in essence, all of us, as Christ followers, are ministers. And I, I know that that title easily gets tagged onto um, staff at a local church or maybe a, a missionary in some country. But God's kingdom is so big, and God's plans for this broken world is so big that not any one person, one staff member can do it on their own. And that the church is, is to be a body and that there are talents that some of you have that I don't have and, and vice versa. And that's what makes the church beautiful. And when we work together, it's a very beautiful thing to see. A God, God also tells us in Ecclesiastes 4, Two people are better than one because they get more done by working together. Makes sense. When you work together as a team, you get more ministry done. Not to mention it's also more fun and less tiring and uh, you learn to cooperate together. So community is God's answer to fatigue. So, so far we have, we need people to walk with, with us through life, and we need people to work with us through life, but we also need others to watch out for us in life. So I'm talking about people who will defend you, who will stand up for you, protect you, uh, watch your back, uh, who will help you stay on track. Uh, who will warn you when danger is ahead. Uh, we all need this because we all have blind spots. You know, there, there are times when I come to, I'm in a situation, and I just have to ask questions because I have my own blind spots. And so it takes other believers who are around me, who I'm living life with, to help point out some things that maybe I'm doing right, but maybe I'm doing wrong. And we all have blind spots, and we all need those people around us to help direct us on this path. Philippians chapter 2, verse 4 says, Look out for one another's interests, not just your own. If you want to talk about a countercultural verse, that's it. Because we live in a culture where it's all me, me, me. My interests, my needs, my desires, what I want. But God's word says we should be not only, you know, not only worrying about ourselves, but looking out for the interests of, of those around us. And that it's not all about me. Bible also says in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 1, keep being concerned about each other as the Lord's followers should. So we should care for each other. We're a family. We're in God's family, and as brothers and sisters, we should defend each other and stand up for one another. And, you know, sometimes that doesn't necessarily mean, you know, there's a time for encouragement, there's a time um, for love, and all those things, but there's also a time for rebuking. And, you know, that kind of goes back to the blind spots, you know. Sometimes maybe I'm doing something wrong, and through gentleness and love, I need another 
uh, brother or sister in Christ to come alongside me and say, hey, you know, what you're doing here or what you're saying or how you're saying it or whatever, hey, what if you did it this way? You know, help, help me stay on path. And maybe it's, maybe it's directly with sin. You know, I kind of veer off a little bit to where my life is more centered around me and I need to come back and make my life centered with Christ. And it takes the church to do that. Uh, Ecclesiastes chapter 4 verse 12 says, A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better, for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. And once you go from one person to two people, that, now you got some friends, but then you get three people, now you have a Sunday school class or a community group. And those things are desperately needed for each of us in order to grow in our faith. I guess I also might add, too, um, just joining a Sunday school class or a community group um, isn't the ultimate goal, but being engaged and, and you know, listening, but then also participating in this give and take. That's a relationship, so... So community is God's answer to defeat. Next, we need others to wait with us and to weep with us. I'm talking about people who will wait with you as you get ready to receive bad news. I'm talking about people who will weep with you when you do receive that bad news. Uh... People who will be with you when the inevitable crises of life hit. Um, people who will be with you when you know that your, your days are numbered. And they're uh, alongside you to encourage you. Also, people who are there to celebrate with you when your kid hits their, you know, their first baseball at a game. Or to celebrate the birthday of one of your children. Or to go on a vacation with, to make some memories with. That, too, is needed. But we need people who will be there with us. And when, when coming to this point, I thought back to when uh, Adam Brecker and I visited Merla when she was sick, and Norma Harold was there. And, and I, had, I knew prior to this that Norma and Merla were friends in college, I believe roommates, and all of these years, they have had this friendship. From the beginning that they became friends, they, Norma is literally seeing Merla to her last day. And I thought to myself, I'm thinking back, you know, because I haven't been out of college that long, undergrad, you know, it's been about three years, and so I'm thinking to myself, man, I want some relationships like that. I want some relationships who will see me to the very end like that. And how unfortunate it is that most people don't experience that. I, I then think to when um, her funeral happened and most of the staff was up here on stage and um, 
the family was was leaving and at the end at the back end was Johnny Newberg and Norma Harold and those two women helped Kent care for Merla to to her her very end and as they were walking out um, I don't know which one reached for whose hand or, or whatever maybe it was both but they, they held hands as they walked out. And being at the end of the line, uh, you know, that just spoke to me the words of, it is finished. Johnny and Norma understanding their ministry with Merla is done. And that they finished strong. And I think to how many people in this world bash the church. And who maybe get burned by the church. Who need to see that. Because that right there, that's a church. That's the church. And that's community. Unfortunately, not many people get to experience that. So the fact is that uh, bad times are coming. And that inevitable life will, will take place. And... The time is now to develop community, to surround yourself with other believers who can encourage you, who can be there for you when these times come. So what is God's safety net in all this? It's his church and it's other believers. It's a group of other believers who are committed to you, but that you are also committed to them. And you find community in Sunday school classes and in community groups. That's where you get kneecapped and kneecapped with people. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 says, if one member suffers, all suffer together. Community is God's answer to despair. Lastly, we need others to witness with us. And what do I mean by that? Well, as a Christian, you have a life message to tell. God has given you a message. He's given you a life to proclaim to the world, to the broken world. And that's part of your mission. And there's great power in group witness. If you want to witness to the world around you, here's how you do it. John 13, 35. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. And I didn't realize this until preparing this message, but it doesn't say that the world will know we're Christians by our love for Christ. I find that odd. In fact, I I might still be kind of wrestling with that right now. It also doesn't say that the world will, will know that you are Christians by the love of your church as a church institution. But it says that the world will know the love of God by how we love one another. How disciples of Christ love other disciples. I also think too, you know, on the topic of kind of ministry here and mission, Uh, This morning during uh, the junior high and high school Sunday school classes, uh, their lesson was was on service. 
and we're doing a series called Grow Up, and how I was reminded this morning, I went to lunch with Bob Phillips this past week, and we were just talking in the context of student ministry, the need for service, and how there is no one person, this is kind of a paraphrase, not word for word of what he said, but basically, there is no one person who has a strong faith in Christ and following Christ without service. You can't have Christ over here and, and no service. They, they, they go together. And just how important it is to be on mission as a Christian and to be serving. I want to read again um, John 13, 35. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. The best way to show other people Christ is when the church loves one another. Because outsiders see that and they're like, man, that's different. What's up with that? What's going on at that church? Why are they doing that? I don't get that. I don't see other people doing that. And I think back to, you know, when Jesus first sent out his disciples, he sent them out in pairs. He didn't send them out by themselves, send them out in pairs. And then Matthew 28, with the Great Commission, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Jesus says, I've equipped you. You've gathered together for worship. You, you have community. You are equipped. You now have the tools. Now go. And go as the church. Don't go alone. So to bring this full circle, let's go back to the song that Marsha and her team sang for us. There's a lot of people in this world, maybe even in this room, who are singing that song in their life. They want to know what love is. They want someone to show, show them. And as Christians... We know what love is. Love is God, manifested through his son Jesus. And we have already seen the love, the greatest love, and that is on the cross. And there's so much to do in this world and so many people crying out for help in, in the midst of their brokenness. And the church needs to be there to pick them up. Pick them up, not by themselves, but together. Together as a church. We need to be reaching this community. But it's really hard to do that when as a believer you don't have community yourself. Community is so important. I want to go ahead and ask the band to come forward. And we're going to go ahead and go into our, our invitation song. And, you know, if God has laid something on your heart. You know, maybe it's becoming a member of a body of believers here at FCC. Come forward. Uh, maybe it's, you know, this whole following Jesus thing, making him Lord and Savior. Come forward. Let's pray with you and, and, and rejoice in that. So if you would please stand as the band leads us in our song of invitation.